there. This is Dennis Anyone with Dennis Hensley. It's a podcast about making things up and making things happen. I think creativity and art makes the world go around, makes life worth living, and I love talking to people who do creative things. Today I have two guests for the price of one. These are guys that I've known for a long time. They're both musicians and they both, um, they're a couple and they also put on these amazing club nights uh, where they mash up divas that we all love like they do madonna summer and britney houston and just the most fun clubs i've ever been to uh their names are mark Nuvar and jason arnold and jason is also known as shy boy as a as a recording artist and dj shy boy when he's doing his clubs like madonna summer so i wanted to talk to them about what it's like to put on clubs and how they do mashups and how they bring these divas together and we kind of go through the divas it's a it's a full-on diva fest but before i get to the interview i want to remind you there are now two ways you can listen to this podcast you can listen as you always do on your favorite podcast app or you can become a subscriber to dnr studios for 12.95 a month you get access to my show 48 hours early and you also get all these other great shows so you can learn about that at dnrstudios.com it's a way to help out the podcast show your support and you get a whole other a bunch of great shows as well. Also, I want to get a shout out to a listener named Ken who left a virtual tip in my virtual tip jar at DennisAnyone.net. I appreciate it. Helps me cover the expenses that come with doing the podcast. And uh, I appreciate it. Thank you. So that's enough for the plugs. Here now is the interview with Mark Newbar and Jason Arnold, a.k.a. Shy Boy. Joining me now via Zoom, it's two guys I've known for quite a long time, Mark Newbar and Jason Arnold, a.k.a. Shy Boy, a.k.a. DJ Shy Boy. They're musicians and they're super nice guys. They run clubs. They make music. They do all of it. Welcome to the podcast, guys. Hey there. Hi, Dennis. Great to see you. All right. Thanks for having us. Mark, why don't you say hello to me so everyone will know Mark's voice and it'll be separate from Shy Boy's voice. Hi, Dennis. It's Mark. <laughs> I love that. I got chills right then. I got a little, that was really, that was a little loaded. I mean, I'm not, I, yeah. All right. And, and Jason, say, uh, say hello so folks can get a sense of your, uh, your voice. Hello. Look at that. Check it out. Okay. So Jason, you are rocking a Madonna summer t-shirt and one of the clubs that you host is a night called Madonna summer, which yep. sounds like it would just be all Madonna summer and Donna summer. Because that's exactly what it is. Yes. That's exactly what it is. And you guys are mixed maestros in terms of the way you put songs together. I was at Britney Houston a couple months ago, a month and a half ago. That was fun. It was so fun. It was at downtown LA at a place called, is it called Ten and a Half? Yeah, Ten and a Half. And I had, here's a little backstory. Um, one of my dogs had had diarrhea in the night before, and so I had to keep getting up. Long story short, I hadn't slept a lot, but I promised some friends we would go to Brittany Houston, and I didn't want to be the guy that canceled. So I'm dragging my ass, dragging it downtown, parking the whole thing. I'm like, I'm just going to stay like an hour. And I was like, I was the one that sold it to my friends. Like, you guys, we have to do this. So I get there, and it is so much fun that I end up staying, like, almost all closing, dancing my face off. I hadn't slept. Everyone's screaming. Um, what is it like for both of you behind the DJ booth when a club is really rocking like that? How does it feel? It honestly feels like we're at the party, too. You know, like, I know we're... we're pressing play and we're, you know, mixing everything. Uh, but we're really just there to spread the joy. And uh, we participate in that joy. It feels good. 
what percentage of it feels like work and what percent feels like fun? Uh, the beginning and the end of the night feels like work. The middle part is total fun. The middle part feels like fun. What about for you, Mark? What does it feel like when people are really into it? Because I notice sometimes I see you with a camera going around shooting the moments and people are screaming and losing their minds. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm, I've, I've had patrons refer, refer to me as Mr. Assistant DJ, which I love. And um, it's because, you know, I, I do run around with the camera. I do social media stuff. I do, you know... I'm, I'm talking to the door person. I'm talking to the people at the club while Shy Boy's DJing. And um, I have to tell you that I, um, once the night gets going and it's really super busy, I feel very much in the zone. No, no Britney pun intended or maybe intended. And um, it feels really good to be of service. It feels really good to provide a good time for people. There's a magic moment that happens, especially now, you know, in where, where, where the world is, where, where we've been. Like, there's this moment of joy and pleasure that happens when everyone's together singing along and dancing. And um, I, it, for lack of a better word, and in fact, this might be the perfect word, it's a spiritual connection. It feels really good to connect with people like that. But what's fun is everyone knows the words and everyone's screaming the lyrics, which I don't think you get at more clubby, housey um dance, you know, kind of circuity parties where everyone's screaming the lyrics. And sometimes there are no lyrics, right? Yeah. Yeah, a lot of those parties are, you know, too cool for school. We kind of embraced the silly, uh, and we just want people to jump up and down and be crazy and act crazy and just have fun. And, and honestly, we, we try to kind of pretend with these diva duos that they're, they're these, you know, best uh, girl groups that ever existed. You know, Madonna Summer is uh, the winner of whatever uh, Grammy that year that never happened. And, and we just, we try to put on a concert uh, of them. As if, as if they are the, the mix of these two, the two divas. I want to know how you do a mashup because you guys are really brilliant with that. How does it work? Because it, it feels like you just can't take two songs. Do you, do you hear something and go, oh, this would match up good with this? How do you do it? Sometimes that's the case. Um, I'm a lyricist, so I like wordplay. Interesting. You know, hence, hence all the, you know, portmanteaus of Madonna Summer, Brittany Houston, uh, Rihanna, etc. Um, and then so we like to put songs together that uh, also have um, a pun in them, like I Feel Like a Virgin and uh, right. It Feels Like for a Bad Girl. And, uh, Wait, what, what was the second one? What It Feels Like for a Bad Girl? Yes. Oh, exactly. so good. So Actually, good. I, I redid that one and I added Girls Gone Wild, so it's now What It Feels Like for a Bad Girl Gone Wild. There it is. <laughs> okay, so you've got two songs that you want to mash up. What do you listen for? What do you start with when you start to work with the files? Different things. I mean, a lot of times, like I said, it's the words, and then uh, sometimes it's the keys. You know, sometimes they just don't work. Sometimes like, it's like, this uh, is not going to work. I am trying to fit a square yeah. peg into a wrong hole, something like I that. I really wanted to put, um, what was it, um, Donna Summer's Lucky, yeah. Madonna's Lucky Star. Yes. But um, – the, the keys are a little too far apart, so uh, Madonna sounds a little wonky over that track and vice versa, so uh, that just didn't work. Um, scrap that. <laughs> yeah, no, you know, it was a cute idea. Maybe it'll go with Lucky from Britney Spears. Oh, um, yeah. You know, we can have a, a Britney Houston, Madonna Summer uh, face-off, yeah. <laughs> On the Britney Houston album, we have a song that's uh, Britney Houston featuring Madonna Summer. 
So oh. we didn't put, uh, well, cause Brittany and Madonna have that duet. Uh, yeah. Me against the music, which is, music. I like parts of it, but I don't like when Madonna's like, come on, Brittany, lose control. I find it shrill. I don't like it, but I like, uh, get in the zone. I love that part. But when she's like, come on, Brittany, I don't, I find it. Un- unappealing. You're laughing like you share my opinion, but I don't want to put words in your mouth. <laughs> well, we have those those moments in the studio all the time. Uh, you laugh when it's a good idea. You laugh when it's a bad idea. You laugh when it's a silly idea. And you especially laugh when you know other people are going to laugh too. Yeah. Because it's just about connection. The whole thing is about connection. Because like we love, like for example, putting this party together. There's a mashup album, Madonna Summer. There's a mashup party that we do. And then we do these images and these like little video visuals and posters. Here's the thing about Madonna and Madonna Summer. They're both so pioneering as recording artists and recording artists with an LGBTQ audience. Yes. And and the two of them, it's like Donna Summer started a sentence that Madonna finished. Like, they really have this this symbiosis together. They're, they're separated by a decade, really, I mean, in terms of when they started. But ultimately, putting them together is so fun. And we do have people sometimes say, you know, do they ever hang out? And it's like, I, not to my knowledge, there's not a photo that exists of them together except the, the ones that we doctored up. So if anybody does have a real one, I'd love to see it. Well, <laughs> one, of the, one of the funniest overheards at Madonna's summer party was uh, this younger twink. And, you know, they don't really know all that much, but... Uh, we heard him say, were they like friends or something? <laughs> that might be the name of this podcast. I always look for one quote to pull out as the title. Um, this club sensibility, these artists, they're right in my sweet spot of a, as a gay of a certain age. How do young people react to your clubs? What have you noticed? Um, they, they're mostly coming for a retro experience. Uh, and, and disco is, is really, really back. Yay. Uh, thank God. That makes yeah. me very happy. So, so they're 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 really there for the dance floor, and both those artists are made for the dance floor. What's remarkable about um, the two catalogs, both Madonna and Donna Summer, is that uh, you know you you play something like um, like Madonna's Ray of Light, and people dance to it like it just came out yesterday. There's so much energy to it, and I feel love comes on. That song is was released in 1977. So what is that, 45 years? That song is 45 years old, and it is at least twice the age of the average person in the room right. when it's being played. And it sounds as fresh today as ever. Which is funny, because when they did that song, they were trying to come up with a future style of music, because the album was a concept album where they went through the decades, and they wanted something for the future. I remember yesterday, yeah. on a summer. Yeah, that's the name of the album. Yeah. For- and for the future, they, they did I Feel Love. And it, it, it really predicted the future. It kind of created EDM, yeah. uh, to be quite frank. What have you noticed about the different divas in terms of who they attract? Uh, well, Madonna Summer is the flagship party. It is. It's always the it's the home base. It, it does the best as far as attendance. Uh, we, we always get the, the biggest crowd for that party. Right. Um, it, is a, a, it does skew a li- slightly older. So, uh, you know, by one thirty, it's not as crowded anymore. <laughs> exactly. Uh, you got people like me with like, you know, yeah, yeah I got you. But, but Brittany Houston, which does almost as well as Madonna Summer, uh, crowd wise, um, they'll come a little bit later. 
and they'll stay a little bit later. Right on. Up till two a.m. And Rianse is a late crowd, and Rianse is also late. Rianse is late, late, late. Yeah, and they and they come late too. Like we did Rianse uh, last month. And by like eleven, I was like, "Are they not coming to me? What's going on?" But then by twelve, it was packed. You know. Yeah. I'm gonna say a number of divas, and just tell me what you love about them, or, or what's cool about them, what you admire, or your favorite songs about them. Madonna. Uh, style. Her her style is unparalleled. You know, from uh, and and in all decades, her style is still unparalleled. And I love about her. Her songs don't all sound like the the same. They're very singular in terms of their singleness. Cherish doesn't sound like Papa Don't Preach. They, they're right. very, whereas Janet, who I love, but a lot of her songs sound like Janet Jackson songs. There's something about Madonna that was very singular in terms of her songs. She definitely has eras that she worked in. Yes. Madonna is a marvelous songwriter. You can yeah. hear it because she's the constant in her career. And when you listen to the catalog of music, every era she's got, there's a voice she has that she writes with. It's very specific. And her songs are great. Even songs that weren't like big hits, you know, you go back and listen to them and go, this is a really good song. Like it's a very yeah. catchy pop song. White Heat, for example. I have that in my jukebox. I just got yeah. my 70s jukebox fixed. And that's one of the flip sides. Don't right. sleep on that True Blue album. It's really fun. Thank you. Thank you. I'm not going to sleep on it. Okay. Talk to me about Donna Summer. What do you love? What's extraordinary about her? Her voice. She is the voice. She's such a phenomenal singer. Yeah, uh, very much so. And, um, you know, there's a quote. I'm going to misquote it, but I will say this because I think it, it says it nicely. Um, Marvin Gaye was supposed to do a duet with Donna Summer. Um, and they talked about it backstage, apparently, at the Grammys in 1982. Unfortunately, he was, uh, he, he died. He was killed a few, a few, I think even weeks or months later. Mm. But there is a quote where he said to her, I think you're a really profound lyricist. And I would love to see what would happen if we collaborated. Um, Donna Summer is highly underrated. Dick Clark actually said about Donna Summer that she was the most underrated recording artist of, of our time. Um, there's just a lot that she did with Georgia Maroder and Pete Bellotti. Um, her, like Jason said, uh, it's um, her voice. Also with Donna Summer, it's her lyrics. She does write with a sense of empathy about people. She writes um, love songs on the radio is stellar. And that the way she writes about love, um, that talking about this letter and, and, and her, her, I guess her former ex or still current flame, but there's a letter that's found. Someone found a letter you wrote me on the radio. The entire phrase, if you just wrote it down, doesn't seem to make sense. And yet she made it work. And it was inspired by contemporary singer-songwriters. I think that particular record on the radio, she was listening to like some... I think it was either a Dan Fogelberg or a Stephen Stills album. And she was just writing kind of more singer-songwriter type stuff over these disco beats. So in a sense, her and Madonna have both done so much mashing up of style, of culture, of genre. So it makes sense just to mash them up together. Because in a way, they're, they're embedded in mashup culture before mashup culture was even a thing. They cross-reference so many things, the two of them. I love the... 
melancholy in Donna Summer's voice. There's something about it that's poignant or there's a there's a sadness or something in it as strong as it is that I that I connect to a lot. Talk to me about Rihanna. For a while there everything she put out was a smash. Like just a ear for hooks and it was like song after song after song. That was what I observed as a as a fan. Yeah, definitely very hooky. She is teasing that there's new music coming at some point. I mean, I get it. She makes more money selling lipstick than music, you know, but we want to hear some more music. I know. It feels like we've got to go on living. we got to get through the pandemic so we can get a new Rihanna. Like, it's our, it, she's the carrot at the end of this life. Exactly, yeah. Right? I think Rihanna's fantastic, and yeah. I think Only Girl in the World is probably one of the best pop records of the last, like, 10 years, 20, however long it's been. It is stellar. It's a stellar song. Her vocal delivery is excellent. She's got this amazing voice that's perfect for radio, and she's got all this style. And I also think she's not trying too hard. She's not. No, she yeah. kind of makes you come to her, whereas somebody like Jennifer Lopez, who I'm a fan of, but she's yeah. trying so hard, you know? <laughs> and it's part of her, it's part of what I find winning about her in a way, like I kind of, because I relate to it in a way, but it's like, oh, calm down. We get it, you're a triple threat. Calm down. Yeah. But, all right, talk to me about Beyonce. That, that's another voice, you know, that I just really respect and love, because you... It doesn't matter what she's singing, it's going to be beautiful, and you're going to know it's her. Yeah. It's like a fingerprint. You know when Beyonce's singing. Nobody else can sing like that. She's got a tone that's gorgeous, and um, especially, you know, she's done a lot of records in the last few years that are have not been dance floor records. She's done a lot of vibey, yeah. uh, deep hip-hop stuff, but then some of that stuff gets remixed or mashed up and put with dance beats, and then you hear them in that new context, and she may as well be a disco diva. Like, there's still that vibe, because it's the vocal. It comes down to empathy. It comes down to, uh, you talked about it with Donna's voice, like, uh, there's a ring to these vocals. There's a thing that it makes us feel comfortable and connect to something deeper when we hear them. Right, that they understand us. For me, Beyonce did things with rhythm, with her songwriting, where I'm like, oh, that's jarring. I don't know. My ear's not ready for it. Or like, even with <laughs> Destiny's Child, and I'm like, well, that's jarring, and it's not very commercial. And within like two weeks, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's totally, I'm in. I'm in. Like, she's dragged me along kicking and screaming with some of her rhythmic things, I think. And and, and you'll hear a song and go, well, that's not a hit. That's not really commercial. And then it becomes a hit, and you become obsessed with it. Like, she pushes, I think, I feel like the boundaries of what pop songs and, and uh, you know, dance songs sound like um britney britney i really admire her as a dancer she's a really good she's dancer. my favorite dan- of the girls to watch even more than janet who i think is sharper but there's something about the quality yeah. of britney's movement which i've talked about on this podcast before and they're like oh please but maybe it's the cheerleader in her i don't know there's a there's a fluidity yeah, maybe. i think britney is um very interesting, and the thing about it is that she has so many hits, and sometimes it's easy to forget how many she actually has and how big of hits they they, they are. Yeah. Talk to me about Whitney. Oh boy, that's that's another. Voice. I will I will say my favorite Whitney Houston songs are not the big ballads. I love "Love Will Save the Day." Yeah. I love yeah. um, "I'm Your Baby Tonight." I love that song. Yeah. yeah. I love it. Yeah. Whitney's incredible, and I, I think that um, Whitney, 
you know, as much, I'm a giant Donna Summer fan, but I think that Whitney probably goes down in history as the greatest pop singer of all time. Whitney just, um, and it's because of the breadth of her career, I think, and the bodyguard really pulled, put it over the edge. You know, she got her, like, rock and roll movie, and that really just solidified her with I Will Always Love You. There are specific Whitney stories I have, briefly. One. Yes, I, I love Whitney love stories. Her. Well, the first time I heard I Will Always Love You, um, I was, uh, I remember I was, I think I was driving uh, somewhere and I had to pull the car over and listen. It was a cappella, and I'm a huge Whitney fan. And I was like, how is this a cappella? And it turns out radio stations told Arista Records that um, they wanted Clive to make sure that they wanted like a, like background music behind that. They didn't want to play something a cappella on the radio. Right. And Clive said, absolutely not. You, you, I don't know if he said this, but it was very much, you can go screw yourself. This is coming out. She's the voice, and you're going to listen to her for 45 seconds without anything because she doesn't need anything. And that, to me, is the magic of Whitney Houston. She, I remember seeing her in The Bodyguard in the theater at the risk of aging myself. I remember being in the theater, and I looked at her and that quiver she has with her lip and that beautiful vibrato and she's lip syncing in this shot but she's singing and you can tell and it was just she was gorgeous beautiful and i'm it's a tragic story because i actually think none of us knew her so it's conjecture but it seems to me from the things that i've read and seen she wasn't really allowed to be herself right i think that was the big theme of her life we can all connect to that as yeah. LGBTQ people. Um, I, and I, and then of course the turn to addiction happens yeah. because you know addiction is the opposite of connection. When you're not allowed to connect to who you really are, well, other unplugs look good. So it's a tragic story, and I get really upset when people drag her for being um, an addict for whatever. It's like you don't know her life. Like she, she. She's the greatest singer, one of the greatest singers we've ever had. Those songs still bring us joy, Dennis. Like, I, I want to dance with somebody who loves me. There is no club where you can't play the original version of that from 1987. The original mix of that, not some beefed-up version. And every queen in the club is dancing and their hands are in the air. We all know the song. Yeah. We connect to that joy. So I prefer to celebrate her joyfully. I don't like to look at the other side because it- it's sad what happened. I had a flashback when you were telling your story. I was driving home from my day job at the Jewish Community Center where I did, like, promotion and graphic design, like, stuff for their flyers and stuff. And I heard the song on the radio. I was on the 101. I still remember it, a bodyguard going, why? There's no music. Like, what's ha- what's happening? I still remember it. I still remember it vividly. Um, you have a Lady Gaga club coming up. Yes? Gaga Lipa? Is it Duo Lipa and Lady Gaga? Yes. You have the exclusives. <laughs> My um, favorite Lady Gaga song is controversial because it's the one with um, oh the guy that the the pedophile the horrible um, that she can't do it anymore. Do what you want with my body, R. Kelly. R. Kelly. Yeah. There's there's a version without him. There's a version without him. There's a version without him. You can still enjoy yeah. the track. <laughs> yes. Well, we're excited about Gaga Lipa. Uh, Dua Lipa is all the disco current disco fantasy. She's like she is the new disco queen. Yeah. Know? She's she's Cher and Donna Summer rolled up into one really. And uh, so and Gaga is Gaga legendary. So the two of them together sound fun. I love it. I I think Dua Lipa. Every one of those songs is a banger. I can't get enough. 
And yeah. I like her dancing. It's kind of half-assed, but joyful. Like, she doesn't have the sharpness of the other girls, but she, little, but she's having fun. It's a like, little And um, her and Gaga are, you know, those are the two pandemic albums no one got to dance to. Yeah. yeah. Um, Chromatica and Future Nostalgia. Yeah. So it's fun to put them together and people get to live the disco fantasy in real time because um, I think everyone danced to those things in their bedrooms. Well, my pandemic album was Kylie Disco. What are your thoughts yeah. on Kylie? Do you have the Kylie gene? We do. We do. We're, we're <laughs> going to be doing Kylie Cyrus. <laughs> <laughs> you will go so far for a pun. You will spend yeah, hours in the studio. You will spend hours <laughs> mixing to serve up just to play on words. Yes, exactly. But they have to be fierce, Dennis. Like, yeah, you know, and they have to have the catalog. Yeah. You know, my catalog is there. And there's another component for us, the, the know, gay iconic, iconotry. Is that the word, iconotry? It, it's, it's, you know, they have to be, you know, LGBTQ icon status. Yeah, yes. you know? Because like, it, it, it can't just be, you know, we, our spaces are special. And they're special because we needed them. Like now, it's elective. Because now you've got apps you can order in, right? Yeah. But back then... You didn't have any of that when I was growing up, and the, these these spaces saved our lives. So, Shyboy and I like to put parties in the spaces that honor what the spaces are intended for, which is the connection and intended to celebrate not just the divas, but also how the divas give back to us and to our community. Well, for sure. And when I'm there, I I was like, oh my god, this is what it's like to be in a room full of attractive people, and like. They're so cute. Oh, my God, that guy is so hot. Like, I found myself with, like, fixating and, like, staring at people. And I was like, I've forgotten this whole sensation was possible. And you guys must have sensed that, too, when you started coming back and doing the club. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. But that's what I like about our parties. It's not really a, a cruisy party. Like, you can totally, you know, meet a guy there or whatever. But um, we kind of disarm everybody with... The music, and, and it's also a talking point, like, hey, you're a Madonna fan, I'm a Madonna fan, you know, like, let's talk about Madonna, like, we have a Madonna Summer super fan, uh, Alec, who uh, came to one of our nights in Oasis, and he was the, the first one in line, and literally the last one on the dance floor, and it's because he loves both of those divas so much, and uh, somebody commented on, because uh, I, I I took, you know, pictures and uh, videos throughout the night, and I noticed him in every single one. So I... I the next You're like, day, is this guy triplets? What's going on? I, I, I posted next day, you know, misconnections. <laughs> Maybe it's somebody, a ghost. It's a ghost of every gay backup dancer. Yeah. That's, no, that's sadly no longer with us. <laughs> but if somebody commented, yeah, I talked to this guy about Madonna for like an hour. <laughs> and now he's your super fan. Yeah. Um, you do clubs, you take this club to San Francisco at the Oasis, uh, yeah. and, and you do it in L.A. When is it coming up in San Francisco? July. The next one in San Francisco is for, I believe, it's Story Alley weekend. It's July 29th, and we're doing Gaga Lipa um, at, at Oasis, which is a marvelous club. Um, and then um, I think our next one after that in San Francisco is Madonna Summer returning uh, for Folsom weekend. I think that's September 23rd, if I'm correct. Oh, I'm marking all of them on my calendar. You are both musicians that create your own music. Uh, that's how Mark and I first met, like in the 
mid nineties. No, like, yeah, the mid nineties, I was writing music and, and you did some remixes for me and we would go to those songwriter showcases, right. With our cassettes. Remember that? That's oh my gosh, yes. And you would you would queue up your cassettes because you were trying to get them to like take them to some label, and everything was analog or like you know. What do you miss about the days before digital? Like I I miss going to Virgin Records and the listening station. Like what are the things you're like? Ah, that was a neat thing. I definitely miss record stores. I mean, Amoeba's great, but. You know, uh, we used to just go out to record stores. Like, that was a thing that, that I did. Like, yeah. I would just go to a record store just to go. Like, not so, like, I mean, sometimes they'd be like, oh, this is out. I want to go get this. But a lot of times it was just, like, where I went to go hang out and, and look at stuff and, you know, take in artwork and, and listen to whatever they were playing on the sound system at the record store. So the zeitgeist used to be focused at that time on rock and roll stars and music. Like that was a real conversation piece in the 70s and 80s. And now the zeitgeist is kind of around our iPhones and our technology. So everything is content that feeds that technology. So, but then what's nice is there is another side to it. What's really nice now, because when we first started, you know, we were starting out like as a baby band doing music and all this stuff. And Dennis, you know this. If you played a show, you know, in Los Angeles in like 1999 or 2000, if you were actually venturing out and playing, um, you can, yeah, the, 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 inter- the internet, I sound like such a grandfather, the internet was just really getting going. Yeah. Um, put flyers in the window at like a place like the now defunct Aaron's Records or wherever, advertising your show. And you might have put five CDs on consignment in the store if they took yeah. them. And that was the only way to be heard. You had no other way as an independent artist of actually saying, I'm playing, here's my music. So you were reliant 100% on gatekeepers that either signed you or didn't sign you, club bookers that booked you or didn't book you. And now what I love about the world we have is that you can create art and you can find an audience um, and you don't have some of those mechanisms in place uh, keeping you at arm's length from finding that audience. So there is a benefit to it, but, you know, I also miss how it used to be. So it's like everything else in life. There, there's two sides. Yeah, no, for sure. There's like even now with songs becoming huge hits on TikTok, like things that come out of the blue right. and blow up. Lil Nas X kind of blew up out of the blue. And I'm obsessed okay. with, with, with Lil. He needs to come to one of your clubs. He needs to come, and we need to dance, and then maybe kiss. I don't know. Can you make that happen? He's he's welcome anytime, as are you. And For he's sure. he's an amazing recording artist. Like yeah. I, as you know, you were Shyboy was saying this to me. Just as kids, you know, growing up, that would have meant so much to me. Yeah, to know that there was a queer artist like that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm obsessed with him. Not just for his music, but like he has a great sense of humor, and he's so unabashed. Yeah, yeah, the expression yeah, of his sexuality. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love it. I just think he's so smart. I think he's so yeah. he's wise about the world and he knows when yeah. people are being full of shit and and all of that right. stuff. Now, your remixes, sometimes I'll hear a mashup or something and I think, oh, I can't ever buy this or listen to it at home. But that's not true. You can, right? People can listen to your mashups, right? Yeah, you can download everything on DJShyboy.com. 
There it is, djshyboy.com. So sometimes you think, oh, this is just happening and it's a moment and now gone. But no, DJ Shyboy. You can stream everything on YouTube. Um, yeah, if you go to djshyboy.com, you can see all the stuff. That he's streaming on SoundCloud, on YouTube. Um, the things that are available for download are on the site. There, there's ways to listen to everything. I love it. Now, are you going to be making more music? Because I know both of you guys have you've, you've created music together. As artists, do you have anything coming out that we should watch for? Yes, actually. I'm doing another solo album, and we're doing another album to dance. And the band is Hypnogaja, so you've got... Right on. We're very excited. You're the first person to publicly hear about it, but um, uh, Shy Boy and I have uh, our our record company, the Spaceman Agency, has signed a deal with... um, Repost Select uh, by SoundCloud. They're uh, they're branching. They've they branched off into distribution, and they um, last year we signed a deal with them to release uh, new music. So the new Nagaja album and the new Shy Boy album are being released uh, by them. And there's a great team over there, and we're really excited. Um, Shy Boy is making a solo album right now that is a uh, Prince inspired and it's uh it's called His Royal Shyness and it comes out this fall. Um at least I think it's called His Royal Shyness yeah. unless you change the title. That's a solid title. I like that title. And and, and then the Hypnogaja album we're really excited. It's the band's first album in a decade and we are currently recording that. And, and what's fun, Dennis, is having done all these parties and having done all these club nights, it you kind of go on input for a while and you take in all that beauty of all that music. And then when you go to create your own original music, you know, it inspires. So we're excited to put some stuff out now through this new lens. Um, you know what song I've had in my head for the last 48 hours? Backroom, your single, Shy Boy, with the very sexy video. <laughs> Thanks, it's a catchy tune, huh? Yeah, it celebrates the glory of the backroom. I recognized a lot of familiar faces in the video. <laughs> What's yeah. the reaction been like to that? Back room very much is about that fantasy. You know, you go out to the red light district pleather club and you have a good time and you might actually, you know, uh, find some fun in a dark corner. So it was a fun video. And back room is actually one of the, it's on the, the new shy boy record that's coming out. The whole record is kind of based around on that sound. So I'm happy you it, like it. It reminded me of Prince. And I was like trying to p- figure out which songs exactly, or there's something I was like, like this is princey like um and the video is really sexy the song is really sexy and i also saw that it got placed on the new dynasty reboot is that right it did yeah yeah that is the gay trifecta when you can have a song called backroom placed on dynasty like how much that feels like gay euphoria yeah how did you guys meet by the way i never found out how you how you met uh we met Old school on the streets of San Francisco. Yeah, the Castro, actually. Castro, yeah. yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah, and, I, I was living there in the Castro district, and a, we, friend, a friend of mine dragged me out that night. Because when you live in the Castro and anybody you know comes to the Castro to go out, they hit you up. Hey, I'm coming to the Castro. Let's go out. And I was like, I don't really feel like He was like, no, don't make me go out by myself. Come with me. And I was like, okay, fine. And uh, I made it in that night. We met in a lesbian bar. Yeah, <laughs> literally. Oh my gosh. That's what I've been doing wrong. I've been going to the wrong bars. Uh, I love it. Was it an instant click? Kinda. Yeah. I mean, uh, M- music was the great moment. Yeah. We yeah. we talked about what we did. We bonded over Donna Summer. Yeah. Like you do. Music. As I was driving to your club, and I was tired. Like I said, I was like, 
maybe I'm getting too old for this. And then I get there and I'm like, no, I'm not. And I, <laughs> and I never want to be. Do you guys ever feel like, you know what, at some point clubs, maybe not. Or, or, or do you still feel as invigorated by that whole vibe as ever? I, I still feel invigorated by it for sure, you know, and, uh, but I, 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 there probably are nights where I do feel exactly like you do where I'm on the way there and I'm like, really? And then I get there and it happens. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yes. Um, I, you know, I'm in a new place with all of this, you know, for many years in, in this business, you know, I thought I was too old to be doing things when I was like 23, like, because the, the business is really hard and it's really, it's, it, it can be, it can get in your head. Um, I've learned how to, um, be centered and to, uh, be of service I, and, and, and to bring joy and to, to operate from a place that isn't you know, necessarily ego, uh, based. So it's not about how many Instagram likes I get for posting a, a photo from a party or posting a song. It's how can I give someone a gift through something I'm involved in? And it's not, it, it's just, um, I look at my inspirations like Tina Turner was 45 years old when private dancer was splashed all over MTV. And she was out there sexy in fishnets, looking hot. And as a woman of 45 years old, being an icon, like seriously, private dancer was everywhere. She was the, it was, she was the Lady Gaga of the moment at 45. And people forget that. They forget. They look at Billy Porter, who's in his 50s. They look, you know, you look at Viola Davis, who's in her 50s. These amazing actors and people that are just they're in their truth and they're not chasing fame. They're delivering art. And I think if you stay in your purpose, you never feel too old. There is no expiration date. That's yeah, beautiful. We're to have uh, fun on a Saturday night and give people a, a good time. Yeah. That said though, sometimes the 22 year olds make me feel hella old. But that's <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, I have some musical themed questions that are part of my random observation deck questions. And I'm going to throw them out at you and see okay. uh, how you spark to them. What's a song lyric that you discovered you'd been singing wrong for years? Oh, okay. There's one we just talked about recently. So Carly yes. Simon, you're so vain. Yes. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, um, you walk into the party like you were walking onto a yacht. Yeah. Uh, your hat strategically dipped below one eye. Your scarf, it was apricot. Yeah. Uh, you had one eye in the mirror as you watched yourself. And the lyric is, you watched yourself gavat. That's what I, I thought. Guess, yeah, and, but I thought it was as you watched yourself go by. Yeah, we were here. I thought it was go by. Like, what the hell is gavat? <laughs> I think gavat is it a kind of dance, but I knew it was a weird exotic yeah, word. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But you know, as a kid, I didn't know what a gavat no, was. No, like, you know, would. As you watched yourself go by. It made sense. So yeah. I would have never known that she was singing gavat. Yeah. <laughs> It's go by. You're watching yourself go by. Yeah, yeah. you watch yourself go by the mirror. Okay, I will confess to you a lyric I got wrong because it's still an embarrassing moment to me. Around the time, Mark, you and I met, I was doing this musical showcase with my music, and and there were groups, there were other people in it, and we were kind of helping each other, and there was a girl singing Express Yourself. And she was singing Makes You Feel Like the Queen on the th Queen on a Throne, which is the correct lyric. I had in my head, I was like, actually, it's, the queen of the prom and i was being kind of like i was kind of being like a like i know this you know i am a real fan i know this and she's like no it's not and then i was wrong and i still feel like an asshole still uh, you know what, though i have to tell you that pronunciation sounds like prom i mean i've never thought that but i can totally see why you thought that thank you for the backup 
like the queen of the prom. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. That tracks. Yeah. <laughs> what songs make you think of gay pride? There was Uh-oh. a few years ago where you couldn't walk five feet without hearing Born This Way, whatever year that was. Uh, I remember that yeah. vividly. I don't know. I guess anything by the village people. Yeah, that makes you think of pride. There's a song by Ultranate called Free that I love. Yeah. And every I remember that hands in the air feeling. And, you know, Deborah Cox. It's Deborah, right? Not Deborah. Oh, <laughs> that's, that's Deborah really in the know if, you, if yeah. you're right about that. Things just ain't the same. Like there's these songs, and like, but but to me, it's, it does come back to Jason's right. It, when I hear "I Feel Love," when I hear that played anywhere, or any of those like MacArthur Park, any oh, of yeah. those Donna Summer songs, sweet MacArthur Park, sweet that 18 minute version of MacArthur Park, like yeah. it, it's just it's so. It reminds me of all of the reasons why we're still here dancing. Because, man, the 70s, they laid that groundwork, and we stood on their shoulders, and we're still here today. So I like to honor that. Well, and we're of similar ages, and, there's, and you're also sort of celebrating for all the people that aren't here to dance. We lost so many beautiful, bright, young, vibrant LGBTQ people, and we lost them in their prime. We lost artists. We lost designers. We lost songwriters, singers, dancers. We lost everybody. But as we're speaking in the context of creativity, there's a giant hole that gets created in the center of the 80s because so many people die. And I think about that. I think about what would have happened if they had lived. What would have happened? Like, what would music sound like today? And look, what happened is what happened. So I'm, I'm in acceptance around it. But it's interesting to know, to think about that. Like, what that road that we didn't have the option to take what does that world look like today? Who are the superstars in that world? Um, do you guys ever think about doing male divas or have you done male divas? Would there be a George Michael Jackson? You know, we, we toyed with the idea of a, a boy George Michael. Boy George Michael. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure it would do well attendance-wise because, you know, gays like girls. I think I think he's right. I think um, the divas will do better. But boy George Michael's a fun front party. We also want to do Celine Dion Warwick. Um, <laughs> Please, who else is on the list? Just go through them because they delight me. A Sunday afternoon, like, you know, that's just tea before three, right? What else is there? Uh, Billy Idolish. I love Billy Idolish. Yeah, uh, in December, we're going to do Princemas. Princemas? Yes. So that's Princess and Christmas? Yes, it's Prince and all of the Prince protégés for Christmas. Oh, well, he's got the vanities. Are you going yes. to include Sheena Easton? You've got to. Yes. Of course. Okay. I won't stand for it if you don't. She had a gazillion hits, and I know this because I've been buying 45s for my jukebox. Um, I wanted to mention your go-go dancers for your clubs before I let you go. They're so fun, and they're all over the map. They're, the like, male dancers. and female. And, like, what's the story with the go-go dancers? Uh, the raid dancers, uh, they are the random acts of irreverent dance. And uh, they're a joy to work with. And they performed with Shy Boy, too, for his uh, original artist stuff. Several of the raid dancers are in that backroom video. I recognize them. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I love the seeing the familiar faces and uh, doing their thing. So Madonna Summer Pride Edition is coming up Saturday, June 11th at 10 and a half downtown in los angeles and how can people know more about what you're up to generally i know you have a website yes What's it called? Uh, and then you can also uh follow me on uh instagram dj shyboy 
Uh, I'm on Twitter as uh, just shy boy. You know what? I think we'll end with this thought. I think Madonna was right. Music makes the people come together. Once again, exactly. she's, right about, she's right about everything. I'm looking all th- across everything, just kind of taking stock. You know what happens? You know, Dennis, you talked about how we're, you know, similar in age. You get to where you go, well, what's the common denominator here? And, you know, music has been my savior the whole time. It's been the great kind of, like, thing in my life that's always been there and has always brought me joy. So I hope to always be able to do something involved with it because it's a healer. Uh, music is a connector, you know. It's definitely the connector at our parties. It's bringing people together in the moments of joy and sometimes uh, sorrow. You know, I, I played uh, an All Prince night um, for the first time the night he died. You know, or oh my the gosh! Night after he died. You know, at the precinct, uh, we, I was doing a, we were doing a disco night there, and uh, the day you know the news came that he died. Uh, I was like, hey, can we do a Prince tribute instead? And they were like, oh, my God, yes, of course. So we just played all Prince night, and it was really, uh, really a great night of people coming together. And even though it was a sad uh, day, um, we all celebrated his music. And music is a connector for me, definitely. Oh, that's beautiful. I can't imagine what it would have been like to, to have been there for that. It was weird because I'm such a huge Prince fan, and I kind of waited my entire life to play that gig. It was so sad that he had to die in order for me to play that night. But I, I try to do that night, uh, you know, uh, as often as I can. That's why we're doing Princemas in December at 10 and a half. Princemas. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, I can't wait for Madonna Summer. I will see you guys there. Uh, thank yeah. you for doing the podcast and for uh, bringing the music and the clubs. I appreciate it. Thanks for having us, Dennis. Bye. Bye. Thanks again to Mark and Jason. Come to their club if you're in L.A. Saturday, June 11th, the Madonna Summer. Uh, you can learn all about that at their website, which is shyboy.tv or djshyboy.com. They go to the same place. There's all kinds of cool stuff on their website. There's also a project they did with Paul that I forgot to ask about. So... And you can hear samples of their mashups. It's just great. It's just great, everything they're up to. Um, and I love those guys. And they're always so nice when I see them at the club. They make me feel so special, and they're so happy that I'm there. It's just a great vibe. And uh, it reminds me of how fun it can be to go out to a club. All right, so this happened. I saw Top Gun. I did. I did. I saw it, the, the second one. I flew into the danger zone. I was into it. I was into it. Um, Tom Cruise is a great movie star. And um, I don't know. They didn't really say what happened to Kelly McGillis. I guess she's just not around. I don't know. Um, but Jennifer Connelly was there. And I guess she has some tie into the first movie that I don't remember. But she was great. She looked gorgeous. Um, the, uh, the My big takeaway was I was obsessed speaking of music and Mark and Jason. The song that they play during the beach football scene. I was, I was like, the song... I, I want to inject it into me. And I, I found out later it's One Republic. Uh, so I found it. I downloaded it. I've been listening to it. I've been I've been taking it into my heart. Um, so anyway, yeah, I thought that movie delivered. I was into it. I was happy to be seeing something on the big screen. And so maybe we'll have to wait another 35 years for Top Gun 3. All right. Thank you for listening. Shout out to AJ Sousa for mixing the episodes and also to JB Bercy for his technical support on the other end. Uh, my theme music is composed by Mark Daniels and licensed through Placement Music. We'll catch you next time on Dennis Anyone. Bye. Bye.